put our hands together for the elevation priest of praise. Hallelujah. I want us to, to, to just say that prayer consciously. Amen. Feel me anew. It's a, it's a consecration type prayer. I want you to ask God to separate you in this season for what he would have you do. And you're saying it like you mean it. Lord, fill me anew. Fill me anew for my assignment. Fill me anew for this job. Fill me anew for this situation or circumstance that seems overwhelming. Lord, I receive the power of your Holy Spirit. I receive the power of your Holy Spirit to do your will. And I submit myself, submit my heart to your bidding. I want you to pray that consciously, like you mean it. Father, we thank you. We ask, Lord, that the words of our mouth, the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God. And again, we say thank you, for we pray in Jesus' name. And the whole church said a big amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, Elevation Priest of Praise. Yeah. So help me welcome your neighbor to service this this afternoon. Come on, do it like you mean it. Thank thank them for sitting beside you. You know it was a conscious, thoughtful, prayerful decision. <laughs> Amen. Yeah? And they promise to be good neighbors today, not distract you uh, from what God will do in your life. Has the has the Holy Spirit been changing anybody's game? Lately, any witness? Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I heard they haven't been showing our our rap video. Um, I have I have made that complaint. For those who don't know, we have I mean Pastor Godman, myself, Pastor Bola, uh, some of our staff. You know, we have a, a a rap video that is climbing up the charts very quickly. Um, you know, and we showed it a few weeks ago. We should get the opportunity to watch it before the series is over mid-May. If you haven't seen me rap before, you should watch it. You may never see me after that. Uh, so please, make sure you do that. Um, we call him the game changer. And so this month, he should change somebody's game. It's, it's, it's very important. You shouldn't go through this series and be the same. You shouldn't go through this series. It's in Acts 1.8 that we have been reading where it says to tarry in Jerusalem. And uh, Dr. Luke was, you know, uh, relaying what Jesus told them before he um, ascended. And he says, remember he said to us to tarry in Jerusalem until we be endued with power from on high. He says, then you will be my witnesses from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even on to the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit comes to give us the power to witness. My first question is, who is a witness? A witness is someone who was there. Am I correct? Good. A witness is someone who was there. So uh, when there's a court case and someone is accusing someone else of doing something, they ask, is there a witness? Was anybody there? If the Holy Spirit is giving you power to be a witness, it means that there is a story you have to tell. There's a situation that happened where you have to say, I was there. Now, I was not in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. I don't know about you. (laughs) 
But surely was not in the upper room in Acts chapter 2 where the Bible says they were gathered in one accord and they prayed and the Holy Spirit descended on them as cloven tongues as of fire and all of that. I wasn't there when Paul was arrested, you know, when the disciples were persecuted. But there is a story I have to tell which is about how God changed my personal story. How he changed my game. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit then gives us power to tell other people how our lives have changed. Evangelism is simple if God has done one thing for you. One thing. Just one thing. Because then you have a story. Then you have something to say you witnessed. I was there. I used to be this. Now I'm this. I used to struggle at work. You know, the Holy Spirit came into my life. I gave my life to Jesus. Now I'm a witness. And he says he then gives you that power to witness beyond borders. Gives you a language. The Holy Spirit highlights your own uniquenesses within your own space. And that is how God works through you. Yeah, somebody says uh, uh, we're, we're, men, we're, we're Christians so we can be like Christ. That is, that is true in a sense. But if we are all Christians so we can be like Christ, then we all end up the same. We're Christians so Christ can work through our uniqueness. That's what it should be. So the Holy Spirit comes and then works through your own uniqueness. Your likes, your dislikes, you know, your tendencies and all of that. And he takes that whole story and makes you a witness. Tell your neighbor, my game has changed. Say, the Holy Spirit is working in me to will and to do of God's purpose. So you are meant to have a story to tell. There's something God has done. There's a way my game has changed. And so my prayer again is that in the course of the month, um, you know, and, and what is left of the series as we go into May, that everyone will have a profound testimony to share in Jesus' name. And sometimes what the Holy Spirit does is he just, he just comes to help you show you what God is already doing in your life. It's uh, Jeremiah who was complaining in Lamentations 3. He says, God, you've made me a target for arrows. You filled my mouth with gravel. He just went on and on for about 20 verses. And then he said, had it not been for the goodness of the Lord. He says, I remember these things and then I have hope. Had it not been for the goodness of the Lord, you know, I would have been consumed and all of that. And what the Holy Spirit helps us to do is remind us of how good God has been to us. Sometimes your present circumstances overshadow everything that has happened. And you look like, oh, God, God, God has just been unkind. Engage the power of the Holy Spirit. Change your game. Tell your neighbor, my game has changed. All right. Our main text for today is uh, from James chapter 5. <clears throat> James chapter 5, verse 16. James chapter 5, verse 16. King James says, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. I love the New Living Translation. New Living Translation says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man, it has great power and it produces wonderful results. It has great power 
and it produces wonderful results. Do we have Amplified by any chance? It has great power and it produces wonderful results. I want us to read Amplified together. One, two, let's go. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. And pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its workings. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of the righteous man makes tremendous power available and that power is dynamic in its workings. So the Holy Spirit literally comes to change the trajectory of our lives. Tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. And then something will happen. You will be my witnesses. From Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and even onto the ends of the earth. My first question is, since your life changed, what has changed? Because we say, oh, we're born again. You know, we know the Holy Spirit and all of that. But what has changed? What has changed in your prayer life? What is, what, 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 what is different? You see, because hindsight is a wonderful thing, you know. Uh, many of us here today, if we, have the, if we had the benefit of going back 20 years or 30 years, I mean, just think about it. If we had the benefit of going back 20 or 30 years and the Holy Spirit showing you everything, would have probably, you know, tweaked some things. You know, I was saying in second service, I would have started pastoring earlier. I've been pastoring now, it's about 21 years. I would have started pastoring earlier. I started pastoring as a teenager. I would still have started pastoring earlier. If I knew, if I knew what was the fullness of God's plans for me, or I had an idea where God was taking me, I would have started pastoring earlier. I would have started that business or whatever it is God has called you to earlier. But now we see God's unfolding in our lives. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And he comes to show to us something different that God intends to do in our lives. Go to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. Let's look at verse 9. We'll read from verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2. As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them to us by his Spirit, Because the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man that is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit that is of the world, but the spirit that is from God, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us of God. Let's read that verse together. I want to let's go. Now we have received. No, no. I want you to personalize it. Now I have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, that I might know the things that have been freely given unto me by God. So in the place of prayer, the Holy Spirit comes to reveal to us God's plans for us. The Holy Spirit comes, if you, if you read further, to say these things we speak not in words that man's wisdom teaches, uh, but the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. 
But the Holy Spirit has come to reveal to us the things that God has freely. Somebody say freely. Freely given to us. Uh, uh, that, uh, that God has freely given to us. If you read Ephesians 2 from the 6th verse, or let's say from the 8th verse, where it says, uh, uh, you know, by faith are you saved through faith, yet not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Sorry, verse 8. Um, let's go on. For, for, for we are the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus, created unto good works, that the God prepared for us in advance that we should walk in. We are the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus, created unto good works that God prepared for us in advance that we should walk in. So your life has been prepared in advance. When the Holy Spirit comes into your heart in the place of prayer, he opens that book up. I want us to imagine when we read our Bibles, you're reading the book of Jeremiah, the book of Luke, the book of John. You know, it's in Psalm 40 and the seventh verse. It says, behold, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will. O God, your law is within my heart. I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. There is a book of Tunde. We can bask in Jeremiah's story all we want. We can live out his life all we want. The Holy Spirit in the place of prayer comes to open with you the book of Kumbi and say, oh, this is what God wrote for May 2017. You come to see the things that have been freely given unto you of God. So has your prayer life changed to that extent? Or are you still praying the way you used to pray? Have you noticed any advantage since you gave your life to Christ? Have you noticed any difference since you gave your life to Christ? Does everything still catch you unawares, unprepared? If that is the case, something is, 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 is wrong. It's Colossians 4, the 12th verse. Paul was uh, uh, speaking to the Christians in Colossae. And then he relayed greetings from Epaphras. He says he's a fellow servant. He says he labors fervently for you that you may stand complete and perfect in all of the will of God. All. Somebody say all. That you may stand perfect and complete. Let me see. Okay. He says that you may stand perfect and complete. In all the will of God. Perfect and complete. There is a will of God concerning you. The Holy Spirit comes to help us stand perfect and complete in that will. I do not want to appear before God at the end of my days and say, Lord, I reached 75%. That doesn't sound like perfect and complete. Romans 2.12 tells us, or 12.2 tells us that as we renew our minds, we begin to know what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a growth continuum. We begin to know what is the good, what is the acceptable, and what is the perfect will of God. Tell your neighbor, I want to walk in the perfect will of God for my life. Say, I want to walk in the perfect will of God for my life. Amen. So, so we need to bridge the gap. We need to bridge the gap. Because if there's no difference between what was and what is now, something is wrong. You're meant to be able to prevail in the place of prayer. 
You are meant to be stronger with God. By virtue of your relationship with him. And the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. It is dynamic. It, it makes tremendous power available. And it is dynamic in its workings. We have some gaps that we need to bridge in the place of prayer. One is how to pray. There's what to pray for. There's even finding the strength to pray. I don't know what your view is about the subject of prayer. Some people today still think prayer is something you take off on your list of to-dos. It's good. It's good to build method and discipline into your prayer life. But beyond that, prayer is continued constant relationship and friendship with your father. You know, I was saying in second service that as we grow, we think about some prayers we prayed in the past and we shake our heads. Like, seriously, I had that prayer point. (laughs) Because you begin to realize more what joy and friendship we find in God in the place of prayer that the prayer points begin to fade into insignificance. You are before the owner of the cattle upon a thousand hills and what you found time to ask for was a new job. (laughs) And you're like, oh no. You know, I said when we, when we magnify God, we don't make God any bigger than he already is. We make him bigger than he is in our eyes. That's what it means to magnify God. When you start to call him who he is, when you start to say what you've seen about him in his word, those problems begin to fade. James chapter 4. James was saying in James chapter 4 that we ask and we don't receive because we ask amiss that we may consume it upon our loss. We ask and we don't receive because we ask amiss that we may consume it upon our loss. You cannot afford to pray head prayers. Head knowledge prayer. I mean... (laughs) If, if, if I asked everybody now, I mean, let's, let's just assume, yeah, that I've been preaching a good message and, you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit is strong here. And I said, guys, guys, pull out a sheet of paper and write five prayer points. Think, think. I said, very few people would write anything on that sheet of paper that did not have to do with them. Am I correct? Because you're thinking, man, God's presence is here. This must be, whoa. Okay, the car, the house. (laughs) I mean, imagine you saw your neighbor's note and you wrote, Lord, I'm just praying for the nations. I mean, you would think, man, (laughs) where'd alert? Like, this guy's strange. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, which nations, man? I need my personal economy sorted out. (laughs) Yeah. Think about, I mean, it's a question you should ask yourself. If, 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 if pastor was really in the mood now and, you know, this whole atmosphere was 
And people were all over the place and screaming and crying. And he says, oh, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. Write five prayer points. Yours would include cash, a reward of some sort. Uh-huh. I'm reading your email now. Uh, that new job. Say, Lord, that job I've been praying for. Don't forget to, don't forget, as this prayer list goes up to you. <laughs> and, and it speaks to how we view God and who we think he is. You know? I, I was saying how we still, uh, for, for, for some people who, uh, you know, growing up, um, I need to be careful here. For some people who growing up learned over time, you know, what it meant to have a good father-son relationship, uh, we struggle in how we see God. Yeah, you know, I used, to, I, I, I used to say how back in secondary school then, when my friends were talking about, oh, you know, me and my dad were chilling in the room, and then he was asking me this and asking me that. Privately, I used to think they were lying. And they were just embellish, embellishing the story. Like, seriously, how can you and your dad be chilling in the room and just gisting? Who does that? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Because I didn't, I didn't have that concept. I mean, now I do, but I didn't. And so a lot of us still think God is, you know, this big man up there with a cane who gave his only begotten son to die on the cross for you and now he's so upset because he has paid once. He doesn't plan to pay again. And so you remember this. He's going to come like a thief in the night. Right? And you think God is going to wait till that very second when you sin. I mean, he's going to say, Jesus, don't go here too. Don't go. Just wait. I will tell you when to go. And then the minute she sins, yeah, go, go, go now, now, now. I mean, seriously. You think God would do all that to catch you in sin so you don't make heaven? That doesn't sound like a good business plan to me. God gave Jesus so he could have you. And he will do everything and anything to have you. Everything and anything. Everything and anything to have you. Williams Carey said, prayer, secret, fervent, believing prayer lies at the root of all godliness. Andrew Murray said, prayer is not monologue, it is dialogue. God's voice in response to mine is its most essential part. How many people hear God's voice in the place of prayer in response to theirs? When was the last time you sat down in prayer and after praying you waited in God's presence? After all, it's communication. I mean, how many of you have friends who will just call and then speak for one hour? And not give you a chance to respond. And say, oh, man, it was really nice just with you today. I'll catch you, I'll, we'll talk next week. And you're like, okay. <laughs> you know, that's what we do to God. <laughs> Father, I thank you for this morning. I bless you. Thank you for yesterday. God, you've been so good. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Alpha and Omega, beginning and... I mean, you've even rehearsed it. 
King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of our faith. You are the great I am, the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, the, the Rock of Ages. You decree boundaries for the seas. Yeah, you've done all the, all the Christian exercise. Yeah? Father, I just thank you for today. As I go out, I ask for your grace. Help me on this job. This man is stressing my life out. Take him out by fire. Yeah? Help me out. Da, 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 da. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and God is like, hello. <laughs> I was about to say something. <laughs> Tell you what, he's my father. Say, I love him. He loves me. You know, the Holy Spirit comes to help reinforce our sense of sonship. It's by that spirit in us that we cry, Abba, Father. And he just speaks to our relationship with God that you would come into his presence, go off, and then run off. I mean, I, I, mean, I keep thanking God I'm not God. I would delegate some people's prayer calls. Like, Gabriel, when this guy calls, you pick up. <laughs> That guy, he just talks. He doesn't listen to me. <laughs> yeah? I mean, Gabriel will probably have delegated it by now. So there's one small angel that. Yeah? We think, we think, we think, we think that, uh, you know, uh, God will attend to our file when it's our turn. So we just submit our requests. You know? And just, Lord, take your time. <laughs> Tell you, I have a relationship with God. You know, you know the best place the devil wants you. He wants you in the place where you don't have a relationship with God. So the devil will try to bring upon you a spirit of condemnation. I like calling it that monkey on your back. Romans 8, there's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in union with Christ Jesus. To walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free. From the law of sin and death. You have a relationship with God. There's nothing the devil can do about it. When you sin. He that is born of God does not sin as a lifestyle. But if any man sin. We have an advocate with God. Jesus Christ the father. When you sin. What you break is fellowship. Not relationship. Fellowship means we are not talking. The solution to not talking is talking. And so somebody thinks, oh, they've done something wrong. Oh, God, I messed up again yesterday. You know, it's funny how the devil becomes God's protocol officer when, you're, when you've sinned. You want to go and pray. Have you ever felt like this? You wanted to pray. And you felt like, man, God is still upset right now. Just chill out. Just give him a few hours. <laughs> yeah, that was the devil talking. Like, I mean, like, seriously, you want to pray. You don't realize what you just did. Can you just chill? God, God is quite upset now. Just give him a day. Yeah, and come back. And you, and you walk away in that guilt. Like, God, ah, God, no, I'm so, I've said sorry. I'm really sorry. And one day of not talking to God becomes two days. Becomes three days. And the devil is throwing a party. Because he got you exactly where he wants you. Fellowship is broken. But the DNA of God is still in you. He's still your father. When you break down all these walls and these mindsets, it helps you relate with God better. It helps you. You should, you should live in a God consciousness. God is with you all the time. Amen. He's with you all the time. 
That helps you. So he comes to uh, help reinforce our sense of sonship. The Holy Spirit helps us pray effective prayers that align with the will of God. Effective prayers that align with the will of God. When you pray with the power of the Holy Spirit, what happens is that he's aligning your will to God's will. The Bible says trust in the Lord and he will grant you the desires of your heart. One day I saw that text very differently. And I started to pray, Lord, help me to trust you so much that the desires I desire were from you in the first place. You get that? Trust in the Lord and he will put the desire in you. It's not desires of my heart. Trust in the Lord, Lord, I trust you, so I'm desiring this. Mm -mm. I trust in the Lord and I trust him to put his very own desires. Paul said it is God who works in us to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Lord, when I'm willing, let it be your will. When I'm thinking, let it be your thoughts. When I'm doing, let it be your actions. I want to simply be a vessel. And so when we, and, 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 and I go further to say when we pray in the Holy Spirit, that is why if you are here and you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, it's something you should deal with today. It is a promise for every believer. That beyond being born again, you then step into this realm where you activate your prayer language. That's why in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 13 we read, it says we speak those things. We speak them. I believe that when I pray, I decree my day. I believe that when I pray, I decree God's plans for me. I believe that when I pray in the spirit, I overcome fear and doubt. I believe that when I pray in the spirit, I overcome selfishness. Have you ever prayed a selfish prayer in tongues? You can't. (laughs) You can't. Paul said, when I pray, my spirit prays. My mind is unfruitful. Your mind is not praying and thinking, but, but, but what if, but what if this doesn't work? No. So Paul said, what will I do then? I will pray in the spirit. I will also pray in my understanding. Pray in understanding is the also part. I will pray in the spirit. I will also pray in my understanding. So when you pray with the power of the Holy Spirit, he helps you engage in heartfelt prayer and you are able to pray the will of God. Paul says the spirit helps in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the spirit himself intercedes through wordless groans and he that searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the the spirit intercedes for God's people in line with the will of God. When you want to stay in the will of God learn to engage the Holy Spirit in prayer. Lastly the Holy Spirit helps us worship. The Holy Spirit helps us worship. The Holy Spirit helps us worship. When you come into that place of true friendship and relationship with God, it absolutely transforms your prayer life. Hear me, there are some times you should go into prayer and after two hours you've come out and you haven't given one prayer point. You've just been basking in the love of this God that loves you so much. And you've just been worshipping him and thanking him. I said when you, when, you, when you magnify God, what happens is that God increases in your eyes. What I showed up, what, what we said in Jeremiah 3, 
where Jeremiah was complaining. Oh, you've made me a target for arrows. Oh, you've done this and you've done that. It happens. When life happens, sometimes the things God has done just fades in your eyes. And you start to speak like someone who God hasn't blessed. And God hasn't been good to just because of this last thing. And so when you come into that place and engage the power of the Holy Spirit, he begins to stir up your heart. And you begin to see how good God has been. And you move from complaining to thanking. And you're running the devil crazy because he's wondering, can't you see what you're going through? And you say, Lord, I just thank you. I just thank you. I just thank you. I just bless your name. And those problems just fade. He said, what ailed thee, O mountain, that you fled? He says, tremble at the presence of God. You've told God enough how big your problems are. You need to tell your problems how big your God is. You do? Yeah. You need to turn it around. Because when you blow up God and make him who he should be, the mountains skip like lambs. That's what the Bible says. The seas part. And so I go into his presence and I'm just worshipping him. And I'm just thanking him. When you start to walk in true relationship and fellowship with God. Hear me, some prayer points don't cross your mind. The, the, the best things that have happened to me from a material sense were the ones I never prayed about. Never. I'm telling you. It, 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 it's not a point. You, you see, you know why it's not a point? If you, God is your father and he loves you and he's truly in love with you, you think he doesn't know you need a car? I mean, guys. <laughs> but you see, it's a depth of relationship. Where you're, you're talking to God two hours and it's like you're saying, God, that car thing, man. I mean, we'll deal with it. Let's talk. You don't see it as two hours of... I mean, back in those days, growing up as a believer, you would say, man, today I'm going to pray for 15 minutes. And, you know, it's like God stopped the time when you decided you were going to pray for 15 minutes. And so you're thinking, man, I must have done 30 minutes by now. Like five minutes, like, <laughs> Holy Spirit, what are you doing here? <laughs> and you know, it's because it, it just helped us to see prayer like hard work. But when your best friend says, hey, I'm coming over, what happens? You get excited. You get excited and you're waiting. You can't wait. And when he comes, you guys just talk. You guys just talk. You guys just talk. And four hours are gone. I'm like, man. <laughs> it was one of my pastors who, um, who, you know, he joined a ministry and they said it was time to take a prayer break. And he just went into a place and was praying. And he came out like four hours later. And they said, ah, we said just a short prayer. So sorry, I, just, I, 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 was, just, I was just saying the grace. <laughs> I was just saying the grace. I was just... I was just saying the grace for hours. I mean, I would think of my friends then who would go into God's presence and come out 24 hours later. And I was like, girl, <laughs> like when I grow up, <laughs> I want to be like you. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, grow up. Say, God is good. And he's still good. But you need a relationship. You need a relationship. You need a relationship. 
You need a relationship. Hallelujah. You need a relationship. The game will not change until you see things differently. It won't change. It won't change. It won't change until you see things differently. The Holy Spirit helps us to offer a sacrifice of praise. That in itself is an act of faith that activates the answers to your prayers. There are times you will come into God's presence and you will give a painful praise. Not because of what he hasn't done, but because of what he has done. Hear me, God is all goodness. He can't be anything else. That's the truth. It's what he has been, it's who he is, it's who he will continue to be. Your situations may tell you different, but God is all goodness. God is all. You can't offend God to the point that he decides, man, you have tested my patience. That is why he does everything after the counsel of his own will, not the counsel of your neighbors. You know, some of us here, if God were to ask your neighbor before blessing you, <laughs> you know you will be nowhere today. <laughs> you know, I want to bless your neighbor. Let me just ask his neighbor. He's going to say, God, you may want to pray about it. <laughs> and think carefully. I mean, he's a great guy. We're all children of God. Thank God for that. But God, you need to act with wisdom here. <laughs> you know, I mean, who am I to tell you what to do? But <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so he's good because that's all he is. And you need to come into that place. When you and your father, where you and your father just have sweet fellowship and enjoy each other. And you see your story absolutely change. Absolutely transform. And what happens? All you can be is a witness. God has been good to me. God has been good to me. I mean, I'm, 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 uh, I'm entering into a new phase of my life shortly. And I find myself asking myself, have I done all God's will for this age? You know, have I missed out on some things? God, what should I have done that I haven't done? You know, I traveled recently and I was on the plane and I was praying from Colossians 4.12. Lord, help me to walk in your perfect and complete will. It's what I want to do. What do I need to know? What do you need to tell me? Give me an assignment. What is, what, what is, what is happening in this next phase? That's all I care about. That's all you should care about. It's all you should think about. It's all you should pray about. The nice clothes and the cars will sort themselves out. Don't worry about that. Let's bow our heads. I want us to say a word of prayer. Like the choir said at the start, Lord, fill me anew. Fill me anew. Fill me anew. I'm, I want to come into this new place of consecration and fellowship. Lord, I want to know, I want to know the you that Pastor just spoke about. I've, I've heard people talk about it, but I don't have this experience with God. I don't get it. I, I want to know that you that friend, that comforter, that helper, that help in times of need, in times of trouble, that ever-present help. I want to know that God. I want to know that Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit I desire to know. Ask Him to fill you anew. Ask Him to help you. Ask Him to strengthen you. Paul said, I know that this will turn out to my deliverance through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of God. Ask for a supply of the Spirit. 
Some of us need strength right now because it's a weak season for you. You're saying, Lord, help me. I, I, want, to, I want to know this friend Pastor spoke about. I want to know this person. But you're making him one promise. You're saying, Lord, I'm consecrating my life to you. I'm giving you my everything. I'm saying, Lord, that if you ask and say to do, I will do. I'm getting rid of disobedience and double-mindedness. If you will give your life to God and place your life in his hands, he will take care of you. Paul said, I know him in whom I believed. I know he's able to take care of that which I've entrusted into his hands. That same God is here today. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. In the same vein, I want to ask if there's anybody here today you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ. I believe that.